0: part 1 chapter 8 c of the adventures of jimmy dale this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please go to librivox.org the adventures of jimmy dale by frank l packard reading by mary rody part 1 the man in the case chapter 8 c the man higher up concluded Stangeist tossed a bag he had been carrying on the desk, pulled up a chair opposite to Clarie Dean, and sat down. Both men were side-faced to Jimmy Dale. "'You tell the boys,' said Stangeist abruptly, "'to fade away after this for a while. Things are getting too hot. And you tell the mope I dock him five hundred for that extra crunch on Rossler's skull. That sort of thing isn't necessary. That's the kind of stunt that gets the public sore.' The man was dead enough as it was, see? Sure, Clary Dean's ejaculation was a grunt. Stangeist opened the bag, dumped the contents on the desk. Pile after pile of banknotes, the payroll of the Martindale-Kensington mills. Some haul, observed Clary Dean with a hoarse chuckle. The papers said over twenty thousand. You can't always believe what the papers say, returned Stangeist curtly and taking a scribbling-pad from the desk, began to check up the packages. Dean's cigar had gone out. He rolled the short stub in his mouth and leaned forward. The bills were evidently just as they had been delivered to the murdered paymaster at the bank, done up with little narrow paper bands in packages of one hundred notes each, save for a small bundle of loose bills, which latter— with the rolls of silver, Stangeist swept to one side of the desk. Package by package, Stangeist went on jotting the amounts down on the pad. Nix growled Clarie Dean suddenly. "'Cut that out! Them's fivers in that wad! Make that five hundred instead of one! I'm under you!' "'Mistake!' said Stangeist suavely, changing the figures with his pencil. "'You're pretty wide awake for this time of night, aren't you, Clarie? "'Oh, I don't know,' responded Clary Dean gruffly. "'Not so very.' Stangeist finished with the packages, picked up the loose bills, and, with a short laugh, tossed them into the bag and followed them with the rolls of silver. He pushed the bag toward Clary Dean. "'That's a little extra for you,' he said. "'The trouble with you fellows is that you don't know when you're well off, but the sooner you find it out the better.' "'Unless you want another lesson like yesterday.' He made the addition on the pad. Fifteen thousand eight hundred dollars,' he announced softly. "'That's seven thousand nine hundred for the three of you to divide, less five hundred from the mope.' Claridine's eyes narrowed. His hands were on his knees, hidden by the desk. "'There's more than twenty there,' he said sullenly and drew a match across the under-edge of the desk with the long, crackling noise. Stangeist's face lost its suavity. A snarl curled his lips. But about to reply, he sprang suddenly to his feet instead, his head turned sharply toward the door. "'What's that?' he said hoarsely. "'It's not the servants. They wouldn't dare to—' Stangeist's words ended in a gulp. He was staring into the muzzle of a heavy-calibered revolver that Claridine had jerked up from under the desk. "'You sit down, or I'll blow your block off,' said Claridine, with a sudden leer. It happened, then, almost before Jimmy Dale could grasp the details, before even Claridine himself could interfere. The door burst open, the two men rushed in, and one with a bound flung himself at Stangeist. The man's hand, grasping a clubbed revolver, rose in the air, descended on Stangeist's head, and Stangeist went down in a limp heap, crashed into a chair, and slid from the chair with a thud to the floor. There was an oath from Dean. He jumped from his seat, and with a violent shove sent the man reeling half across the room. "'Blast, you mope!' he snarled. "'You're too blamed fly you want to queer the whole biz? Ah, uh, what's the matter with yous? The mope, purple-faced with rage, little black eyes glittering, mouth working under a flattened nose that some previous encounter had broken and bent over the side of his face, advanced belligerently. Australian Ike, who had entered the room with him, pulled him back. Forget it, he flung out. Clarice dealing the dick. Forget it. The Mope glared from one to the other, then shook his fist at Stangeist on the floor. "'You's do make me sick!' he sneered. "'What's the use of waitin' all night? We was to bump him off anyway, wasn't we? That's what you said yourselves. Cause what was there stopin' writin' out another paper if we didn't fix him for keeps?' "'That's all right,' rejoined Clary Dean. "'But that's the second act, you bonehead, see?' We ain't got the paper yet, have we? Say, take a look at that safe. It's easier to scare him into openin' it than to crack it, ain't it? Jimmy Dale, from his crouched position, began to rise to his feet slowly, making but the slightest movement at a time, cautious of the least sound. His lips were like a thin line, his fingers tightly pressed over the automatic in his hand. There was not room for him between the portiers and the window, and do what he could, the hangings bulged a little. Let one of the three notice that, or inadvertently brush against the portiers, and his life would not be worth an instant's purchase. They were lifting Stangeist up now, propping him up in the chair. Stangeist moaned, opened his eyes, stared in a dazed way at the three faces that leered into his, Then dawning intelligence came, and his face, that had been white before, took on a pasty, grayish pallor. "'You, the three of you,' he mumbled. "'You, the three of you! What's this mean?' And then Claridine laughed in a low, brutal way. "'What do you think it means? We want that paper, and we want it damn quick, see?' D'ye think we was goin' to stand for havin' a trip to Sing-Sing "'and the wire-chair dangling over our heads?' Stangeis closed his eyes. When he opened them again, something of the old-time craftiness was in his face. "'Well, what are you going to do about it?' he inquired, almost sharply. "'You know what will happen to you if anything happens to me.' "'Don't use kid yourself,' retorted Clarie Dean. "D'ye think we're fools?' "'This ain't like it was yesterday, see? "'We gets the paper this time, so there won't nothing happen to us. "'You come across with it blasted quick now, "'or the mope'll give you another on the bean that'll put you to sleep for keeps.' "'The blood was running down Stangeist's face. "'He wiped it away from his eyes. "'It's not here,' he said innocently. "'It's in my box in the safety deposit vaults.' oh blurted out australian ike pushing suddenly forward you can't work that crawl on cut it out ike snapped Dane, i'm running this so it's in the vaults eh he shoved his face towards stangeist's yes said stangeist easily you see i was looking for something like this Dane's fist clenched you lie he choked "'The mope here was the last of us you showed the paper to yesterday afternoon, "'and the vaults was closed then, "'and you ain't been there to cause you've been watched. "'That's why we fixed it for tonight "'after the divvy that you've just tried to do us on again, "'cause we knew you had it here.' "'I tell you, it's not here,' said Stangeist evenly. "'You lie,' said Clarie Dean again. "'It's in that safe.' The Mope heard you tell the girl in your office that if anything happened to you, she was to wise up the district attorney that there was a paper in your safe at home for him that was important. Now then, you beat it over to that safe and open it up. We'll give you a minute to do it in. The paper's not there, I tell you," said Stangeist once more. "That's all right," submitted Clairdeen grimly there's a quarter of that minute gone i won't stangeist flashed out violently that's all right repeated claridine there's a half of that minute gone jimmie dale's eyes in a fascinating sort of way were on stangeist the man's face was twitching now moisture beginning to ooze from his forehead as the callous brutality of the scowling faces seemed to get him and then he lurched suddenly forward in his chair. "'My God!' he cried out, a ring of terror in his voice. "'What do you mean to do? You'll pay for it. They'll get you. The servants will be back in a minute.' Two skirts,' steered Claridine. "'We ain't going to run away from them. If they comes before we goes, we'll fix them.' "'That minute's up.' Stangeist licked his lips with his tongue, "'Suppose I refuse?' he said hoarsely. "'You can suit yourself,' said Clary Dean, with a vicious grin. "'We know the paper's there, and we gets it before we leaves here, see. "'You can take your choice. "'Either you goes over to the safe and opens it yourself, "'or else,' he paused and produced a small bottle from his pocket, "'this is nitroglycerin, and we opens it for you with this. "'Only if we does the job, we does it proper.' "'we ties you up and sets you against the door of the safe "'before we touches off the soup, "'and maybe if you're a good guesser you can guess the rest.' "'There was a short, raucous guffaw from the mope. Stangeist turned a drawn face toward the man, "'stared at him, and stared in a miserable way "'at the other two in turn. "'He licked his lips again.' "'None was in a better position than himself to know "'that there would be neither scruples nor hesitancy "'to interfere with carrying out the threat. "'Suppose,' he said, trying to keep his voice steady, "'suppose I open the safe. What then, afterward?' "'We ain't got the safe open yet,' countered Clary Dean uncompromisingly. "'And we ain't got no more time to fool over it, either. "'You get a move on before I counts five. "'or the mopes and Ike ties you up. One!' Stangeist staggered to his feet, wiped the blood out of his eyes for the second time, and, with lips working, went steadily across the room to the safe. He knelt before it and began to manipulate the dial, while the others crowded around behind him. The mope was fingering his revolver again, club fashion. Australian Ike's elbow just grazed the portier's, and Jimmy Dale flattened himself against the window, holding his breath, a smile on his lips that was mirthless, deadly cold. The end was not far off now, and then what? Stangeist had the outer door of the safe open now, and now the inner door swung back. He reached in his hand to the pigeonhole, drew out the envelope, and with a sudden, wild cry reeled to his feet. "'My God!' he screamed out. What? "'What's this?' Claridine snatched the envelope from him. "'The gray seal!' The words came with a jerk from his lips. He ripped the envelope open frantically, and, like a man stunned, gazed at the four blank sheets while the color left his face. "'It's gone!' he cried out hoarsely. Gone there was a burst of oaths from Australian Ike. Gone den we're nipped de lot of us. The mope's face was like a maniac's as he whirled on Stangeist. Sure, he croaked, but youse get yours first, youse. With a cry, Stangeist, to elude the blow, ducked blindly backward into the portieres, and with a rip and tear, the hangings were wrenched apart. It came instantaneously, a yell of mingled surprise and fury from the three. The crash and spit of Jimmy Dale's revolver as he fired one shot at the floor to stop their rush. Then he flung himself at the window, threw it, and dropped sprawling to the ground. A stream of flame cut the darkness above him. A bullet whistled by his head, another and another. He was on his feet, quick as a cat, and running close alongside of the wall of the house. He heard a thud behind him, still another, and yet a third. They were dropping through the window after him. Came another shot, an angry hum of the bullet closer than before, then the pound of racing feet. Jimmy Dale swung around the corner of the house, running at top speed. Something that was like a hot iron suddenly burned and seared along the side of his head just above the ear. He reeled, staggered, recovered himself, and dashed on. It nauseated him, that stinging in his head, and all at once seemed to be draining his strength away. The shouts, the shots, the running feet became like a curious buzzing in his ears. It seemed strange that they should have hit him, that he should be wounded. If he could only reach the low stone wall by the road— He could at least make a fight for his life on the other side. Red streaks swam before Jimmy Dale's eyes. The wall was such a long way off. A yard or two was a very long way more to go. The weakness seemed to be creeping up now even to numb his brain. No, here was the wall. They hadn't hit him again. He laughed in a demented way and rolled his body over and fell to the other side. "'Jimmy!' the cry seemed to reach some inner consciousness. "'Revive him. Send the blood whipping through his veins. "'That voice! It was her! Hers! The toxin! "'There was an automobile, engine racing, standing there in the road. "'He won to his feet. Dark, rushing forms were almost at the wall. "'He fired, once, twice, fired again, and turned, staggering for the car.' "'Jimmy! Jimmy, quick!' Panting, gasping, he half fell into the tonneau. The car leaped forward. Yells filled the air. But only one thing was dominant in Jimmy Dale's reeling brain now. He pulled himself up to his feet and leaned over the back of the seat, reaching for the slim figure that was bent over the wheel. "'It's you! You! At last!' he cried. "'Your face! Let me see your face!' A bullet split the back panel of the car. Little spurting flames were dancing out from the roadway behind. "'Are you mad?' she shouted back at him. "'Let me steer. Do you want them to hit me?' "'No,' said Jimmy Dale, in a queer sing-song sort of way, and his head seemed to spin dizzily around. "'No, I guess—' he choked. "'The paper. It's in my pocket.' and he went down unconscious on the floor of the car. When he recovered his senses he was lying on a couch in a plainly furnished room, and a man, a stranger, red, jovial-faced, farmerish-looking, was bending over him. "'Where am I?' he demanded finally, propping himself up on his elbow. "'You're all right,' replied the man. "'She said you'd come around in a little while.' "'Who said so?' inquired Jimmy Dale. "'She did. The woman who brought you here about five minutes ago. She said she ran you down with her car.' "'Oh,' said Jimmy Dale. He felt his head. It was bandaged, and it was bandaged, he was quite sure, with a piece of torn underskirt. He looked at the man again. "'You haven't told me yet where I am.' "'Long Island,' the other answered. "'My name's Hanson.' I keep a bit of a truck garden here. Oh, said Jimmy Dale again. The man crossed the room, picked up an envelope from the table, and came back to Jimmy Dale. She said to give you this as soon as you got your senses, and asked us to put you up for a while, as long as you wanted to stay, and paid us for it too. She's all right, she is. You don't want to hold the accident up against her. She was mighty sorry about it. "'And now I'll go and see if the old lady's got your room ready "'while you're reading your letter.' "'The man left the room. "'Jimmy Dale sat up on the couch and tore the envelope open. "'The note, scrawled in pencil, began abruptly. "'You were quite a problem. "'I couldn't take you home, could I? "'I couldn't take you to what you call the sanctuary, could I? "'Couldn't take you to a hospital, nor call in a doctor.' The stain you use wouldn't stand for it. But thank God I know it's only a flesh wound, and you are all right where you are for the day or two that you must keep quiet and take care of yourself. By the time you read this, the paper will be on the way to the proper hands, and by morning, the four where they should be. There were a few articles in your clothes I thought it better to take charge of, in case, well, in case of accident." Jimmy Dale tore the note up, and smiled wryly at the door. He felt in his pockets. Mask, revolver, burglar's tools, and the thin metal insignia case were gone. And I had the sublime optimism, murmured Jimmy Dale, to spend months trying to find her as Larry the Bat. End of Part 1 Chapter 8 C